It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to Thursday. Welcome in to Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. I've thought it's Friday all morning long. I thought this was my last show of the week. We can make that happen. <sighs> who's if you to want. say? Yeah, Jim. Who's to say it won't be? <laughs> Joe Biden's got COVID. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Uh-huh. So, welcome in. It is Thursday, not Friday. Thursday, July twenty first. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty to join in on the conversation. Five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty is that number, or you can reach us on the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450. Don't forget, it's Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Awards member will win $10,000. All summer long, this goes on with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Awards app, click on the Summer Cash Bash icon. You are entered. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, Many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. That is Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. Not a Refreshing Rewards member? Become one today. Text REWARDS to 80313. That's REWARDS to 80313. And hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. John Hale, Courier-Journal, will join me in about 15 minutes. Beat writer for Kentucky Sports. And we'll talk about SEC Media Days. What did he learn that he didn't know before he got to Atlanta? Uh, this week, if he even went to Atlanta. I'm not sure John was down there, but I have to assume he was. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll hear from him. Uh, Kentucky basketball, less than three weeks away now from their preseason scrimmage, jamboree, tournament, I don't know what you want to call it, exhibition, exhibition. It's an exhibition of exhibition games. And they will be in the Bahamas for four games Wednesday, August 10th, Thursday, August 11th, and then Saturday and Sunday as well. Four different opponents. All of those games on the SEC Network. We'll talk to John about how John Calipari's Wildcats are coming along as well. I ran the numbers uh, this morning. (laughs) I tried to figure out five years from now. I don't even know I'm having for lunch, but I tried to figure out five years from now what the Southeastern Conference is going to look like, what the Big Ten is going to look like, what the ACC, Big 12, Pac-12, if they're even around, are going to look like. And I I put 20 teams in each conference, three super conferences, SEC, Big Ten, and Big 12. I tried to put 20 in each conference, see who was left out, who's going to be on the outside looking in, who's still going to be an independent, Uh, Will the ACC still be around? Will the Pac-12 still be around? And I'm going to go over those uh, in the final segment today. My brain hurts. It hurts. And now that doesn't take much. You give me a math problem with anything double digits in it, and my brain hurts. But this was a – there's teams left out that – it's scary. It's got to be scary for some of these teams. And the ACC commissioner, Jim Phillips, yesterday, when he tried to address conference expansion at the beginning, he he dropped the ball. He flat out dropped the ball. I don't know if he's not taking it as seriously as he should, 
if he doesn't believe it's going to happen, if he doesn't believe it's going to affect his conference. But you got to get out in front of this. Greg Sankey, SEC, has gotten out in front of it. Texas, Oklahoma, got out in front early. Big Ten has gotten out in front. USC, UCLA. The ACC is standing pat. The Big 12 is being gutted. They've already added four teams since they lost, are going to lose Texas and Oklahoma. The big, the Pac-12, they're being pilfered away. Big 12 going to try to take a few of their teams. The Big 10 already has. So what's it going to look like five years down the road? I put together a 20-team Southeastern Conference, a 20-team Big 10, and a 20-team Big 12. I'm assuming they won't be called the Big 10 and the Big 12 at that point with 20 teams, but who knows? Who knows? They have 14 teams in the Big 10 right now. It's still the Big 10. Kind of silly. But that's where we stand. So we'll get to that. Um, I'm going to start with the ESPYs. You know why? Didn't watch one minute. Didn't watch one minute. I watched a documentary on Netflix called Girl in the Picture. Disturbing. I had to watch a comedy after that because I knew I wasn't going to be able to sleep. Girl in the Picture. It was good. Interesting. Disturbing. Skin crawling. Creepy. Which a lot of these documentaries are. But uh, I had to. I just said, let's let's put on a, a rom-com. I flipped around, found You've Got Mail, and said, you know what? I, I got a little Tom Hanks, a little Meg Ryan. That'll get me out of this funky mood that would not allow me to sleep. So I watched that. I watched episode three, season one of Breaking Bad. I'm back into the Breaking Bad thing. It was, it's great. It's great the second time, too. Uh, but no ESPYs for me. I didn't care who won the Comeback Athlete of the Year. I didn't care who won the Male and Female Athlete of the Year. I, I, I couldn't care less. Steph Curry was hosting. I don't care. If he's not shooting a basketball, I don't care to watch Steph Curry. I'm not gonna, Jim. I'm not gonna watch you play uh, nope. spades with your neighbors. No, I will watch you when you're trying to do your work here to make sure you're doing <laughs> to make it correctly. Sure I'm awake and doing it, yeah. I'm, you know, I throw a rock at the window every once in a while to wake you up. Hell yeah, because I know I can put people to sleep. But I'm not watching Steph Curry host the ESPYS. Uh, Chris Rock. I'll watch Chris Rock host the ESPYS. Right, John Mulaney. I watch John Mulaney. I, I'll watch. Uh, Dave Chappelle hosts the ESPYs. That could be fun. In fact, I would tape Dave Chappelle on the ESPYs. But I'm not watching Steph Curry on the ESPYs. I didn't do it. So what did I talk about today other than conference expansion, other than UK athletics with John Hale? That's coming up in about 10 minutes. Well, the Philadelphia 76ers signed James Harden yesterday. He'll be 33 years old. They gave him a two-year, $68.6 million contract, player option in year two. Now, James Harden's doing the Sixers a favor here. He was owed $47.4 million this year. He declined that option so that he could take less money and help the Sixers rebuild their roster. They still got Joel Embiid. They still got Tobias Harris. They still got Tyrese Maxey. And... They wanted to add a few pieces. Now, James Harden and Daryl Morey, the general manager of Philadelphia, go back a long way. They're friends. So the contract is two years, $33 million this year guaranteed, this next year coming up. Year two, $35.6 million 
That's if James Harden wants to take it. He has the option after this coming season of becoming a free agent again. Now, you can give him all the money you want. But if you're Daryl Morey, who was his GM in Houston and is now his GM in Philadelphia, you got to get in James Harden's ear and say, don't come to training camp this year the way you came to Rockets training camp last year. James Harden last year when he got to camp looked like he ate James Harden, right? He looked like he had a frequent customer card at McDonald's, and he used it every day. And then he went to Taco Bell for dinner. And then he had some Oreos while he was watching Netflix and the ESPYs. He can't do that again. Now, declining that option and opting for a new contract did help the Sixers sign a couple of free agents. P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, those guys will help. A couple of former Rockets there, they're going to help this Philadelphia team. Philadelphia is still the eighth pick in the last uh, points bet that I saw to win it all next year. They're eighth. So they're not better than Milwaukee yet. They're not better than the Celtics. They're probably not better than the Heat. Probably not getting as much love as the Brooklyn Nets. They're eighth in the uh, in the pecking order of odds to win the NBA title next season. But they're going to be better. If James Harden shows up in shape, that's the big question. That's the big question. Now, I'm not fat shaming here. I'm a big dude. But I don't have to show up and, and make jumpers and play defense and pass the ball to Joel Embiid and get up and down the court and guard somebody. He does, and he couldn't do it last year. And I understood what he was doing last year. He wanted out of Houston. So show up, look like you're wearing a fat suit under your uniform because that's what he looked like, and eventually you get traded to Brooklyn. It didn't work out in Brooklyn, but he got what he wanted. He wanted to go play with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving decided only to play half of the games last year. Kevin Durant was great. But James Harden is not the same James Harden. And part of it is the rules have changed. Remember, I remember when five, six, seven times a game, James Harden would draw a foul and act like he was shooting and he'd go to the free throw line. You can't do that anymore. Sometimes now it's an offensive foul. They're not going to call that anymore in the NBA. You're not definitely not getting a shooting foul in the NBA anymore. So – his game actually influenced the NBA to change the rules so that he could not play his game anymore. So he's got to adapt. He didn't adapt very well last year. He ended up in, back in Philadelphia midseason. He was okay. He wasn't great. He was great the first couple of games, and the Sixers thought they had something, but they didn't. They were allowed to dump Ben Simmons onto the Brooklyn Nets. So this seems like a win-win-win all around for Philadelphia. You got Harden for less money. You got other guys that you were able to sign because of the salary cap issues that Harden helped you ease. And you've got a James Harden that A, wants to win, and B, at least we think he's motivated enough to come into camp in good shape, work out in the offseason, work on his game, be ready to go. You got Joel Embiid potential MVP, first-team All-NBA, definite All-Star, player, best player on the team. 
You got Tyrese Maxey, who was a rookie last year and played phenomenally well, both in the regular season and the playoffs for the Sixers. And you got Tobias Harris, who um, is a former All-Star. Maybe he gets a little bit of his game back. He can shoot from the outside. He's sort of a three-slash-four right in the middle there. He can rebound. He can get you some buckets when you need them. You add P.J. Tucker, don't leave Malone in the corner, and you add Daniel House, athletic, rebounder, get-to-the-rim kind of guy. So I think the Sixers are going to be better. I think this is a great move for Philadelphia, and it's also a great move for James Harden. Again, he's going to be 33. You get to keep playing basketball, James. You get to keep playing basketball, and you're helping us to improve our team by basically getting out of the way. Getting out of the way. Take less money. You're still going to start. You're still going to be a pivotal part of this team. Ben Simmons isn't here. Kyrie Irving isn't here. Kevin Durant isn't here. I'm not sure how much he got along with Joel Embiid last year, but at least for part of the time they were together, they played well together. So we'll see what happens. Uh, NFL news, tight uh, end, easy for me to say, Kyle Rudolph signed a one-year deal with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, Gronk's not coming back. This time, Gronkowski's serious. Now, don't get me wrong. If uh, Kyle Rudolph has an injury in the middle of the season and Tom Brady calls Gronk and says, hey, we got six games left. We're going to be in the playoffs. Why don't you come on in? I would expect Gronk to come back. He's done this before. He doesn't want to go to training camp. He doesn't want to be committed to playing football. He doesn't want to practice until it's time to actually play games. So he retires. And he says, Tom, call me if you need me. But wait till, oh, I don't know, December, maybe maybe late November. And if the Buccaneers are, you know, four and eight, then he's not going to answer the call. If they're eight and four, then he answers the call. But great insurance here by the Buccaneers. They go get a veteran tight end, former Minnesota Viking, former Notre Dame player, uh, who has been around a long time, knows how to play tight end, knows how to block in that position, knows how to get score touchdowns. He catches touchdown passes. He doesn't drop balls, and he is a security blanket now here for Tom Brady. They needed a tight end. They went and got a tight end. That's why the Buccaneers are one of the best organizations in football. They fill needs. They went and got Tom Brady. They went and got Gronk. They've gone and gotten defensive players. And you got an owner who says to the GM, what do we need? Here's the money. Go get it. So Kyle Rudolph, one-year deal with the Buccaneers. He figures Tom Brady's got one more year. Why not go play with Tom Brady? Jimmy Garoppolo, by the way, has been given free reign now by the 49ers to seek a trade, he and his agent. It's a different era, right? It's a different era when you tell the agent of a player Hey, you go find a trade and see if you can help us out. And uh, and you're the agent for a player. It used to be, hey, Jimmy, we're trading you to the fill-in-the-blank here. We're trading you to the Indianapolis Colts, and we're getting this back. Uh, here's your suitcase. Have a nice career. It's not the way it is anymore. 
It's not the way it is in the NBA, and it's not the way it is in the NFL. You want out of here, we want you out of here. But we want you to go somewhere where you are going to be happy, where you want to play, and we want a good return on uh, giving you away. We're not going to hand you to somebody. We want a good return. So we're going to let you and your agent pick where you're going to go. And if you want to go somewhere in a division, we're probably not going to do that. But anywhere else is fine. So Jimmy Garoppolo has been cleared. He had the shoulder surgery. He's ready to go. Um, he His record is incredible, but he's certainly not seen as a top 10, top 15 quarterback. Major League Baseball starts back up tonight. We'll get to that. Uh, Kirby Smart's got a new contract as the head football coach of Georgia, and it is large. Conference expansion talk as well. And after the break, John Hale from the Courier Journal will join me to talk UK sports. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Breeders' Cup news coming up. Charles Barkley update. He met with Greg Norman last night. Uh, also, Major League Baseball restarts six games on the docket today. We'll go through those with you as well. Let's go to the Eminem Cartage hotline. Bring in John Hale, Courier Journal beat writer for Kentucky Sports. How are you doing today, John? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. Are you in Atlanta, or did you go to Atlanta, or are you back from Atlanta? <laughs> I actually just got back to Lexington, so we are home uh, for the day. Um, is that fun? Is it a fun trip? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 always a little exciting just because it means football season's right around the corner. So, um, you know, there's some of that sadness about the summer being over, but it's, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of the official kickoff of. I think getting in gear. So that part of it is interesting. But I think that we all know that most years at SEC Media Days, it's a lot of talk and very little substance. So, yeah, my, you know, that, yeah, that my, part gets frustrating. There. Yeah, my next question was, did you learn anything that you didn't already know about any team? Oh, uh, well, I mean, I don't know much about some of these other SEC teams, so I guess I learned a little bit about those. But in terms of Kentucky particular, um, obviously, the big question going in was what Chris Rodriguez's status was. Yep. We didn't get an answer to that yesterday. Um, I think there were some kind of minor takeaways about some you know depth charts, some position battle stuff. Uh, how Mark Stoops talked about the young receivers uh, was interesting. We knew those guys were going to have to play some, but the fact that he was you know confident enough to say some really positive things about Dane Key and Barry on Brown, um, I think that's a that's a reason to get a little more excited for a Kentucky fan in the passing game this year. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, no, I don't know that we learned a lot. It's going to be a, it's going to have to be a group effort to replace Wondell Robinson, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's no one guy. I mean, Tavion Robinson, the transfer from Virginia Tech, is a really good player, and he's going to, I think, be their number one option. But nobody can realistically expect him to break the single-season record for catches and receiving yards like Wondell did a year ago. So, you need him to be really good, and then you need the two freshmen. You need uh, a guy like Demarcus Harris, who's been around for a while. Some of the young guys, Chris Lewis, Dekel Crowdis, who were here last year, didn't play a lot. You need those guys to step up. So you definitely need a group effort at that position. How much is Mark Stoops expecting out of Dane Key this year? A lot. I mean, 
he was really good in spring, but it felt like they were kind of tempering expectations a little just, just because he was a freshman and you know that he's going to have bumps along the road. But to come out yesterday and Will Levis called him a starter when he was talking to us and, and Mark said a couple really positive things about him both in the session with the local media and when he was at the podium with the you know regional media too. So that uh, I, I think it, it shows that they're counting on him to come in and contribute from day one. Obviously, a lot can happen between now and the opener. This time a year ago, they were saying similar things about Dakel Crowdis, and then he got a hurt in camp, and, and obviously didn't play at all last year. So, uh, we'll see how it, how things progress until that first game. But for now, I think they are they are counting on Dane Key to be one of their top three options. Who had the most interesting press conference? Will Levis, Kenneth Horsey, or DeAndre Square? I mean, I think probably Will Levis just because he gets the most interest and he has all that attention from, you know, being a, a potential first round draft pick and all the debate this week about where he ranks among the SEC quarterbacks and those things. Uh, Kenneth and DeAndre are both, you know, really fun to talk to and have great stories in their own right. But, um, you know, an offensive lineman and a linebacker just are never going to get as much attention and, and uh, none of them wanted to give any sort of uh, sound bite worthy things. I think Will just had more to talk about, so I'd give it to him. Talking to John Hale, Courier Journal beat writer for UK Athletics. He was at SEC Media Days. Uh, did Greg Sankey give us anything new? I mean, I think some of the expansion stuff is interesting. Nobody is actually going to go on record until things get done. Uh, I thought it was somewhat telling that he said that the SEC didn't feel pressured to make another move after the Big Ten's additions. But, you know, if they saw something that made sense, they were clearly going to act. So, I think it's all kind of wait and see for now as to, you know, what happens. Does the Pac-12 stay together? Does, you know, is the ACC's contract really going to keep all those teams in, uh, in the fold? That's, uh, it, it, I don't think anybody believes it's done by any means, but it feels like maybe we've had another little wall where for a few months it might, it might be pretty quiet on the expansion front. Do the universities have any veto power when something like this happens? Because my, my question would be like when Texas came in, did Texas A&M, have any say in whether or not this was okay? I'm sure that they were consulted, and uh, maybe, I, I mean, they might have been given some concessions along the way. I think it, it probably the answer to that is depends on the university and depends on who they're trying to add. I doubt Texas A&M had much yeah. say in whether or not Texas came because Texas is clearly one of the most successful athletic departments in the country, department-wide, and has this ton of money and boosters and all those kind of things and brings bunch of eyes and tv networks and and people are going to be excited so i doubt a&m who's you know probably not in the top tier of sec teams in terms of power within the league had much to say now locally obviously the yes. the next step to take there is does kentucky <laughs> you have knew where i was going louisville didn't you yeah going? right well i don't think louisville's nearly as attractive an option as texas was and kentucky mitch barnhart it might be the most powerful athletic director in the in the you know the division or in the in the conference as a whole, so they probably do have more say in that. But if for whatever reason ESPN or somebody else or Greg Sankey or the SEC decides that they need Louisville for some sort of uh, ultimate goal, I think they'll probably just add them. But I, I just don't know that Louisville's that team that's going to move the needle for them to to risk alienating anybody at Kentucky if they're really adamant about it not happening. Where do we stand on nine conference games? I mean, I think it feels a little bit like some of that's in hold until we know how many teams there's going to be. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't feel like it makes much sense to go out and decide uh, nine versus ten or eight or whatever they're going to say. 
until you know if if it's stopping at Texas and Oklahoma coming to the league in, in two years. And right now, I think uh, until the, the dust kind of settles from this Big Ten move, uh, we don't know that. So I I, I kind of doubt they're going to make a decision by the end of the year. But you know, I don't know that for sure. What's your What's your best take on? Um divisional play when texas and oklahoma show up do the divisions change a little bit do they get rid of divisions like the acc has done what happens then any idea i mean, feel yeah i feel like the divisions are going away regardless of whether they uh they add a, a another conference game or not that seems like the one thing they did kind of reach a consensus on at the sec meetings earlier this summer that um even if it's eight games uh, it would be one permanent opponent and the other seven would rotate. If they go to nine games, it would be three permanent opponents and six would rotate. Uh, but either way, I, I think divisions are a thing of the past just because it just doesn't make sense to to try and shoehorn those in there geographically. And I know the pod system was something people talked about for a while, but it feels like a really important goal from this schedule realignment is to, to get teams to face each other more often. I mean, you know, Texas A&M still hasn't been to Kentucky since they, came, they joined the league. That's ridiculous, and so I, I think the hope is if you get do away with the divisions, every player would get to play on every campus in a four-year period. Uh, Kirby Smart this morning uh, saw got 10 years, $112.5 million to be the head coach at Georgia. Is Georgia now uh, top dog in the SEC, or is it too soon? We're not burying Alabama yet, are we? No, I mean, I think until Nick Saban retires, he, he, he retains that, that crown <laughs> and Alabama retains that top spot. I mean, Georgia's done it once now. Obviously, they've got a lot of momentum, and they're clearly a legitimate challenger to, to Alabama. Maybe it's 1A, 1B, but uh, Alabama has that longevity over the course of the last 10 years or whatever that, that Georgia still has a while to a while to, uh, to close with. And, I mean, Alabama has the Heisman Trophy winner coming back, and it's probably going to be ranked higher than Georgia going into the season. So, I think it's premature, certainly, to, to hand away that crown yet. I know Texas A&M is uh, on the clock right now down at SEC Media Days. They're the last school to uh, to uh, participate here. Have we had any uh, any picks for as far as uh, winners this year? Did we see any media picks yet? Those uh, the voting ends today, and so I think those will come out tomorrow. Is my understanding? So, where, where do you think Kentucky uh, will? will where do you think Kentucky will end think, up in the division? My gut is it's going to be third, uh, probably. It feels like, obviously, Georgia's the class. Everybody's going to yep. get Georgia to win. But then it's, you know, who do you like among Tennessee, Kentucky, and, and South Carolina? And just looking at enough of the other uh, rankings that have been out, I mean, we did a voting in our, uh, just the, the USA Today network of all our papers with our SCCB writers, and, and they were third in that behind Tennessee. And I think Athlon had them third behind Tennessee. I, I feel like that's going to be where it ends up. Talking to John Hale, Courier Journal beat writer. Let's switch on over to basketball. Uh, you're going to the Bahamas in three weeks, right? <laughs> no, oh, unfortunately John. not. I will, I will not be there. Do I need to make a call? Should I make a call? No, I think, okay. I, think I understand that decision. All right. Well, you'll be watching on the SEC Network with everybody else, right? What do we expect to see uh, August 10th through the 14th? Yeah, it'll be fun to to kind of play with, see how Cal plays with lineup combinations and various, uh, you know, how he gets players on the court together. Obviously, what eight years ago, this is when he came up with the platoon system was in the Bahamas. Yeah. And four years ago, we got to see guys like Tyler Hero and Kelton Johnson, and for the first time. And so we know so much about this team because they have so many guys coming back. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Oscar Sheepway's out there, you know, jacking up a bunch of threes. But I think we know a bunch of the returners. And the question for me is. 
how do you fit them together? Does you know is CJ Frederick a healthy enough to play significant minutes when he's down there? Uh, if he is, what do you do with those shooters? Can you get him and Antonio Reeves on the court together? Can you know, or is it uh, one of those guys at the three with Casey Wallace and Sabir Wheeler? I think that's what we expect. Uh, but I, I think those lineup combinations are for me the most interesting part of this. Uh, recruiting wise, I know DJ Wagner is the big name back on the radar. He was off the radar. He was going to Louisville. Now Kentucky's the favorite. Uh, when are we going to know something? Let's ask it that way. It feels like it's pretty soon. I mean, Peach Jam's this weekend. Um, that's the, obviously the showcase a Nike event. I think one of their other, Justin Edwards, who it's down to Kentucky and Tennessee, has said he's going to announce during Peach Jam or right after it's over. It feels like a lot of these guys are nearing this in the next couple of weeks. And with the news that came out yesterday about DJ signing the NIL deal with Drake's yeah. Nike arm or whatever that is, it, it feels like it's nearing a conclusion. So I wouldn't be shocked if a week from now we know. Now we got Drake, and now we got Kanye. Uh, Big Blue Madness, they're going to camp out again. It could be fun this year. <laughs> yeah, right? we'll see. I mean, uh, <laughs> you don't uh, sound it would excited. be fun if they could. Yeah, I mean, it, w- it, it would be fun if they could do that. But the Drake thing seems a little played out by this point. He's been a couple times now, <laughs> yeah. and I don't know that that, that moves the needle. And I, I, I mean, I know that Kanye and, and Dylan Am are connected with his Donde Academy or whatever, but. They'd have to pay a lot of money to get Kanye West to show up at Big Blue Madness, and, and I'll believe that when I see it. Wouldn't it have been a lot more fun at uh, SEC Media Days if Alabama and Texas A&M were scheduled on the same day? Yeah, I would be interested. Did they, did they, they do that on purpose, them? that they didn't put them on the same day? I can't. I think I can't remember for sure when the schedule came out. I, I believe it was before <laughs> the Saban uh, thing did, but oh, they generally try to, to move those things around. And I'm, I'm certain that if uh, if it had come out afterwards, they probably would have changed it and just dealt with it. It's usually, I mean, Kentucky always goes at the same time or the same day as Alabama or Georgia. Same with Vanderbilt. They they try to, to make sure that the marquee programs aren't going at the same time, but yeah. uh, it would have been a lot more fun for sure. John, take a nap. I know it's been a long week for you, so I uh, appreciate your time. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for having me. John Hill, yep. Courier Journal beat writer for UK Athletics. Look, if I'm getting, if I'm having to go to Starkville, Mississippi, and uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, and Columbia, South Carolina every year, and wherever I got to go, College Station, Texas, I'm going to the Bahamas. I'm going to the boss and say, hey, send me to the Bahamas. I remember when Louisville went to the Bahamas. They, they sent everybody and their, their uh, wives or their significant others. It was, it was unbelievable. I mean, Paul Rogers and, uh, and Bobby Valval, they got to take their, their wives with them. It was, that's the way to do it. And I say this all the time. I love going to these games. I love it. The best part of this job uh, or this pastime uh, if you, Jim, if you don't get paid much, mm-hmm. can you call it a job? Okay, well, whatever. Sure, I mean, gonna, you're, yeah. doing, you're blocking time out to do it. So. The best part is going to these games and going to the Kentucky Derby and, and uh, you know, hanging out with um, other media nerds and, and going to the press guys. It's the best part of the job. So I love going to the Louisville games. I love going to the Kentucky games. It feels like Louisville wants you at their games. They want you there as a media member. Kentucky doesn't feel that way at all. Doesn't feel that way at all. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of reasons for this. I go to a Louisville basketball game or football game. Hey, come on in. Got a buffet. I got an email uh, two days ago. Louisville Media Day 
is August 2nd. It's a Tuesday. And the email said, hey, 3.30, Coach Satterfield will speak. Then we'll have followed by the offense coordinator, Brian Brown after that, defense coordinator. Uh, Then we'll have some players, Malik Cunningham will speak and a couple other players. Oh, by the way, get there at 3 because we'll have a lunch buffet for you. That they want you there. I go to Kentucky game. Here's a ten dollar concession stand card. I, I'll never forget. First year I was doing it, I went to Kentucky game. Seth Davis from CBS was sitting up in the press row eating, and I had my ten dollar concession card. And I walked by, and whatever he had, it was some sort of barbecued pork sandwich. Smelled pretty good. So I said, "Hey, Seth, how you doing? What do you what are you having there?" And he looked at me. And he said, barbecue pork sandwich and a box of M&M's, $9.50. That's as close as I could come to spending my $10. I said, wow. They don't want you there at Kentucky as a media member. And they should be embarrassed by that. They should be. Um, it's the difference between Kenny Klein at UofL, who is retired now or at least semi-retired, and the, guy, and the people at Kentucky. That's the difference. They're not nasty or mean, or they don't, uh, you know, they welcome you when you come in the building. But getting there, showing up, asking questions, they don't want any of that. They, they would rather you stay home, watch the game on TV, and uh, report it that way. That's just the way it is. Um, and, you know, I don't know how many Kentucky games I'll go to because they do make it difficult to enjoy the experience. Louisville wants you to enjoy the experience. All right, take a break. I'll get off my high horse here. Uh, Conference realignment, we'll talk about that. I got Breeders' Cup news, Charles Barkley news. Baseball starts back up today, second half of the year. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Got breaking news coming. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450, 384-1450. Thorns text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Don't forget, it's Summer Cash Bash at Thorns. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000. That happens all summer long with the grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app, click on the Summer Cash Bash icon. It is that easy to enter. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands, Bud Light 12-packs, Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, large Doritos, many more using your Refreshing Rewards card, Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, become one today. Text REWARDS to 80313. That's REWARDS to 80313. Breaking news. Dun, 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 dun. Kyler Murray has uh, agreed with the Arizona Cardinals. The quarterback has signed a five-year contract extension with the Cardinals. It is worth $265.7 million over the next seven years. So two old years that were on the contract, adding five more. Um, the deal is reportedly worth $230.5 million over the five years, $160 million guaranteed. He will average forty, just under $40 million a year for the next seven seasons. He is also 
making $1.1 million more per year than Patrick Mahomes. How about that? So uh, Kyler Murray locked in. He's married to the Cardinals now for the next seven seasons. Remember the offseason, he threatened to sit out. He threatened to not show up at camp. Things were contentious. He took all of his Arizona Cardinals stuff off of his Twitter and and, uh, Instagram pages. But uh, apparently the fences were mended. And Kyler Murray will uh, remain an Arizona Cardinal for quite a long time here. Breeders' Cup news. 2023 Breeders' Cup will be at Santa Anita. It was announced uh, less than an hour ago. It's at Keeneland this year, November 4th and 5th. It'll be at Santa Anita next year. Charles Barkley met with Greg Norman in Atlanta last night to talk about uh, perhaps being a broadcaster on the Live Tour golf uh, broadcast. Easy for me to say. So David Faherty is in. It looks like uh, Gary McCord is going to join, and it now looks like Barkley's going to join. He is going to play in the Pro-Am next weekend at uh, up at, in New Jersey at, at Trump's golf course in the next Live Tour event. He's playing in the one-day Pro-Am. And it looks like he is going to join the Live Tour as a broadcaster with Faherty and Gary McCord. <sighs> Money talks. Let's go to the Eminem Cartage Hotline. How are you, Edward? Oh, I'm good. I'll be uh, short and to the point here. I was uh, listening to you. You're going to talk about conference uh, realignment. Yeah. Before we get to that, I wanted to, to say one thing. I know you watched the All-Star game the other night. I did. 32 American League uh, uh, win. Uh, what did you think about all the interviews during the game in the dugout? Uh, had the pitcher mic'd up? Uh, uh, my wife's sitting there. She goes, I-, I like the pitcher talk. And I said, I don't like that. Oh, Ed, come on. She's right. Patricia's, first of all, Patricia's always right, number one. (laughs) I'll tell her that. Secondly, it was great. I wish they could do it for regular season games. I understand why they don't. These guys need to focus on what's going on in front of them. But Cole and Freed talking from the dugout was great. Manoa on the mound talking about what he was going to throw and listening to John Smoltz and answering John Smoltz. Um, he was on, and you just, you got to look inside when Cortez and Trevino, the two Yankees were going back and forth. That was fantastic. Cortez would put his glove over his mouth and say, all right, I'm going to throw a cutter inside here. Um, and Trevino would answer. Yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. Trevino, when he batted and he got a hit, that was great. I, I loved it. Stanton in the outfield. I loved every second of it. It made an, a summer exhibition game. Much more fun to watch, in my opinion, and you seem to disagree with that. Yeah, I just uh, now I I do agree the uh, the pitcher from Toronto, and you mentioned his name there. I can't remember Alec Manoa. He was great. He was good. He he he, he was good. But the rest of this stuff, I mean, uh, what's the little guy? It used to be at Fox. He's running around interviewing people. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not big on that. I'm with you there. Uh, a pop, big poppy, I could have done without Ortiz running through the dugout, being trying to be silly. Now, see, now, that was now, silly. Patricia liked that. I thought Patricia that was silly. Big yeah. Well, maybe she she's not always right. Maybe I was wrong. <laughs> I'm usually wrong, so maybe me saying she's always right was wrong because I'm usually wrong. So there you go. Depends how you look what, at it. Uh, as we uh, finishing up media days. Yeah. Uh, of course, we have the Louisville Media Day and Kentucky Media Days in about 10 days. Uh, are you going to come out with a prediction on 
how many wins and where. Uh, well, I'll wait till I wait till after media day because I I still want to be invited. Oh, you'll be invited. You know, I don't want to show not. up and somebody hit me over the head and say, "What do you mean this is these are the how many wins we're going to have?" I'm going to wait till after that. But yeah, and I want you in here. You're going to do it with me too. You come in the studio and do it. Oh, okay, all right. I'll I'll do that. Yeah. Uh, the one thing about conference realignment, it, get to that real quick. Okay. This thing, this thing is going to go. This this probably will spiral for at least. Three, four, five years. At least a couple years, yeah. At least. And and like we talked off the air the other day, is Louisville get left out of all this? Um, Well, I I put together a list, and I got them not getting left out, but I can also see a scenario where they are left out. Well, and I I couldn't agree with you more about Jim Phillips and his uh, address Uh, at the ACC media days. Disturbing. He was very, 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 I thought, out of it. Out of touch. As as out of touch with reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, Red's going to lose 100 games? No. I'm going to go with no. Because they played better, and they've got talent. Now, look, if they trade Louis Castillo, which they're probably going to do, uh, trade a couple other young guys, then maybe I'd change my, my mind there. But right now I would say they're, they're going to stay under the 100 loss mark. They'll be fine. Cubs going to lose 100? Yes, they're terrible. They're going to trade Wilson Contreras. They're going to trade Wilson Contreras. They're going to trade maybe Ian Happ. Um, maybe they lose um, their their uh, start pitcher, who's Kyle Hendricks, who's injured right now. Um, I mean, they're averaging, I think their average age is going to be like 18 years old. So, yeah, they're going to lose 100. They have no pitching. The they have no Pirates, pitching. The Pirates might finish above the Cubs. And the Reds, yes, both of them. Boy, I'll tell you what, there's some bad teams. And I'm a Cubs there fan, are... buddy, you know that. I, I think David Ross should be uh, shown the door. He should go back to broadcasting. I know. Well, like I said, there's some bad teams in baseball yeah, this year. there are. I think it's top-heavy. The Yankees. It uh, is. Yankees, Mets, Braves, big... Dodgers, um, Astros. That's about it. Those are my five. I said this yesterday. Those are the five teams that can win the World Series. That's it. Nobody else can win it. Well, I made my predictions a couple of days ago. I'll have to uh, resend them to you on who I thought's going to be in the playoffs. And uh, you know, I had a, I, I, I was crazy enough to put Baltimore in the playoffs out of that American League East. How would that be? I think they're they're fun to watch, man. They've got a great leadoff hitter in Cedric Mullins. Not a good one, a great one. Mancini, Santander, the young catcher Rushman, they've got a bright, bright future. And the surprising part is their pitchers have been really good. Ed, they won, I don't know, 12 in a row, in a I row? think. 12, I think they won 12. Like and now Seattle's won 14 in a row, and that streak's still going. So it's it's uh, it's bizarre. It's been bizarre. It is. It is. Well, I'll let you get to your realignment, and I'll be All right, ready. buddy. Thank you, man. Always good to hear from Ed. And he's going to start, he might start, I'm not going to say he's going to start, he might start coming in the studio a little bit more. Uh, love having him in here. He's very knowledgeable, uh, knows his stuff, knows his game. But, uh, yeah, he's fun. He's fun. And when Ed starts talking, Jim, you might have noticed this, when Ed starts talking, I can head and go to the bathroom, I can go to the deli, get a sandwich. Those are the best kind of guests. Yeah, by the time I get back. You know, he's still, he's still, he's probably not even finishing up his thought. 
He's in the middle of his thought by the time I get back. All right, conference realignment. We'll do this quickly. Uh, probably touch on it more tomorrow. I tried to sit down and put 20 teams in each conference. SEC, Big Ten, and I took the Big 12 since they seem to be ahead of the game more than the Pac-12 and the ACC. So the SEC, you got 14 teams in there now. I added Texas and Oklahoma. That's 16. Those are easy. Florida State, Clemson, Miami out of the ACC seem to be the three that people are talking about, that uh, uh, the national broadcasters are talking about, that this is probably going to happen. You, you're, if you're the SEC, you're looking for football, mainly schools. Florida State, Miami, Clemson, they all qualify. They're all in the south. They're all in the southeast. They're all in, you know, they're down there in Florida and South Carolina. So that makes sense. That's 19. Now yeah, I got one spot left. A lot of lot of talk about Central Florida. You know, get the whole state of Florida. You got Florida, Florida State, Miami. You might as well throw Central Florida. I don't like that. I don't like Central Florida. I like Georgia Tech. I think Georgia Tech, um, they've had football success, although not recently. Um, academically, it doesn't hurt your conference. Geographically, it makes sense. You've got the Georgia-Georgia Tech rivalry. Uh, already built in. So I threw Georgia Tech in there. Big 10, uh, they've got 14 already. I'm got, They're adding UCLA and USC, so there's your 16. Easy peasy. The scuttlebutt lately, and I believe it, is that they're going to go into North Carolina and try to pluck three teams out of Tobacco Road, North Carolina, Duke, and NC State. Sorry, Wake Forest, you're not going to make the list. But if you're the Big, if you're the big 10, where basketball is important to Carolina, Duke, and NC State make sense. They make sense. And Carolina's had some good football success recently. NC State is – now, Duke's a terrible football team. But the fact that they're one of the top five basketball programs makes up for that. North Carolina, same thing, even though they're better in football. And I'm throwing Syracuse in the Big Ten as well. You're in the north uh, Northeast. You get some of the New York market there, and Syracuse basketball is is good enough to play in the Big Ten. Football's terrible, I'll give you that, but I'm throwing Syracuse in. So that's my 20. The Big 12 was difficult because there are eight teams in the Big 12. They're adding four. And now this is after Texas and Oklahoma leave. They're adding four um, in Cincinnati, Houston, Memphis, and I think Tulane. So that's 12. Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado make sense out of the Pac-12 geographically. So that gives you 16. I'm throwing Oregon in the Big 12, Washington in the Big 12, Pittsburgh in the Big 12, and yes, Louisville in the Big 12. As Ed said, and I mentioned with Ed, yes, I can see them being left out. But remember, in 2013, when Louisville was looking for a new conference, when they were in the American Conference for that one year, it looked, for all intents and purposes, like they were going to the Big 12. And all of a sudden, the Big 12 decided to take West Virginia instead of Louisville. At the time, it was great. Louisville ended up in the ACC, better basketball conference. Now, it doesn't look so good with all this realignment going on. So I'm putting Louisville in the Big 12. I'll talk more about this tomorrow. Looking forward to a Friday. You know why? Because it's close to Saturday. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Act.